can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Perfect Max from Natural Chemistry is the premier weekly maintenance product for all pools. This 3-in-1 technology enhances clarity, maximizes pool program efficiency, and prevents problems. Take every pool care program to the max with Pool Perfect Max. Whether training a new employee or enhancing your own knowledge, Natural Chemistry offers a comprehensive online training program that covers everything from basic water chemistry to maximizing efficiency and troubleshooting. Visit www.ncprotraining.com today. Get ready to dive into the ultimate celebration as we mark a fantastic milestone, the two-year anniversary of the Talking Pools podcast. We couldn't have made it this far without all of you, our incredible listeners. So, grab your net, don your sun hats, and join us for a splashing good time filled with laughter, insights, and a few surprises along the way. It's been an incredible journey, and we want you to be a part of this special moment because, let's face it, without your pool-tastic expertise and enthusiasm, this podcast wouldn't be half as fun. So, tune in and let's make some waves together as we celebrate our amazing community of pool professionals. See you at the party, and remember, the water's always fine with the Talking Pools podcast. This is Talking Pools uh, podcast show. Um, hello, I'm one of the hosts, Andrea, and I'm here with my are good you, friend. Are you sure? You, you don't sound really confident about that today. You're, not, you're a little a little hesitant on the I am Andrea part. I'm Rudy Stankwitz, and I am here with I am Andrea. I am Andrea. Yes, I have just literally, I have not even stopped working. I rushed straight home from, well, not from straight from my last pool because I had to go back to the shop and get my truck and, you know, do a couple of things. But Right from there, I came. You're looking at what I look like after work. So, which is that's much- I'm a little discombobulated. That's that's my point. I'm getting at understood. And and you were telling me that somebody <clears throat> actually jumped, or one of your coworkers got jumped, and you had to pick up extra pools because of this. Yeah. Well, um, it turns out that I. <clears throat> Instead of picking up extra pools to cover his couple of days or whatever that he's been out, they actually pulled some of the repair guys um, to cover. Um, But I actually inherited, like, they're my pools now. Six of his. Badly hurt was he? Is he coming back? Well, I was... I I got the... I got the six... Yeah, he's coming back. I got the six pools before this happened. Um but I okay. kind of forgot about them. That's part of the reason I was in such a rush and late because I forgot that we made the changes. And so I was expecting to have like four pools today. And, and then, then all I of ended a sudden up having you're like, 14. Oh, snap. I have <laughs> yeah. more to do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was rushing. That sucks. I'd hate that coming in thinking you got a nice, easy early day on Friday, no less. Cause yeah. And it was like, it was like 12 o'clock when I realized I still had another oh, fucking six pools to go. <laughs> that's gotta be that's gotta be awful 
I was a little aggravated, but you know, it was my own fault for not checking the skimmer app because we use that. It was my own fault for not looking at it in the morning when I'm supposed to. But yeah, it was I was frustrated. Gotcha. But your coworker's gonna be okay. Yeah, he's he's gonna be okay. I believe he's coming back at some point. I'm not real sure. Who did he piss off? I I don't know. Was it about money? I have no idea. Like a loan shark type of thing? I do not know. I have no clue. Okay. I just know. Pay your debts, people. He got injured. (laughs) So anyway. He didn't borrow money from you, did he? Is that what happened? No, I would have punched him in the mouth for that. (laughs) Well, I'm saying he got jumped. Maybe. He would have still been able to work. And just toothless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. So anyway. <laughs> so we got a we have a guest with us today. We do. We do. Do you want to tell everybody who it is? Sure, we have. <laughs> we have with us Eric Lupton, and Eric is the CEO of Lifesaver Pool Fences. Located. Thanks uh, for coming on. Oh. In South Florida. In South Florida, I'm I'm I don't know exactly where. I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, really close to you. I thought so. Yeah. But they they ship all over the country. All over the world or all over the country? All over the world. Wow. Nice. Okay. Yeah. To all the countries that you know on this planet and maybe some other planets, but I see your I see (laughs) (laughs) I see a lot of your trucks around my city where I'm at. So yeah. Uh, Yeah. Are you you allowed to say what city you're in? She doesn't like Um, to. (laughs) <laughs> well, I live in one city and I work in a different city, but you know, I'm gotcha. afraid stalkers will show up. So, St. Lucie County, Martin County, Palm yeah, Beach we, County. We are in those areas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, we're in uh, 30 states throughout the U.S. Nice. Uh, That's... We have, well, let me phrase that correctly. We have, you know, life, you know, dedicated lifesavers in 30 states throughout the U.S., but we, um, we sell fence, you know, in all 50 states and then. Um, in all the other countries in the world. So there's a lifesaver of Dubai. There's a lifesaver of Thailand. Um, oh, wow. Okay. I didn't, I didn't realize that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, we, for, are, we are everywhere. For those facilities that are overseas, do they manufacture the product there or are you shipping? No, we are the exclusive manufacturer. We, we make okay. all of the lifesaver um, produces. Yeah. Well, and that's good because that's not always the case that you see with a lot of folks that that end up having locations overseas and a lot of times when that happens then there's a hiccup in quality so i think it's it's good that you guys are still making sure that everything that with your name on it is manufactured at your factory yeah no our the places we get the fences you know that we we make them here and then we ship them out to our folks all over the world and so yeah we're in we're in delray beach florida and we've got a about twenty thousand square feet here, all put together. So we've we've got a you know, you know, the bulk of it's right where I'm sitting. It's about thirteen thousand square feet, and then we've got a few little smaller warehouses uh, close by for for storage and you know warehouse space. But and then we have another uh, fulfillment center that we ship out of in California. So those people on the West Coast, they uh, they are impatient. They want it right away. <laughs> so, uh, they get to get their stuff at the same time as the East Coast. Um, because well, we have of course. A, out there. So, yeah. Now, one of the things about your company, you've you've been around for a little while, but all of a sudden it's like you pressed on the gas and you just flew to the top and you are now the fence company. 
the removable pool fence company in this country. I mean, because you you had some competition at one point in time. Now you, you kind of dusted them. So can you give me a run? How, how, did, how exactly did you do that? And it, it didn't take a long time either, did it? Well, I think our competitors would claim that we still have competition. Um, you know, they, uh, they, I mean, they do still exist and, uh, you know, they, they may disagree with you, but, uh, but I appreciate that. That's, I like that sentiment quite a bit. I piss okay. people off every week. Why should this week be different? In, in fact, you broke up a bit, right? When I think you were getting to the good part. So I think you were saying that we, we took off and then there's, there's just nobody on the same level. Is that what you were saying? I said, you dusted <laughs> them is actually you what I said. Them. So, yeah. yeah. You lapped them. You Rudy pisses them. off everyone everywhere I've ever gone with him. So, <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> I'll, I'll love it when I, I tune in two weeks from now. You've got one of my competitors on. You say the same thing to him. Like, uh-huh. no like it's just you guys, really. You know? Yeah, I don't think we will. I mean, if you listen to the show, we don't do a lot of interviews. We really okay. don't. So I doubt that's going to happen. Nah. Right yeah, I can't see it, especially after we just pissed them off. Right. That's true. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, there, there are a few other pool fence brands, but I think, you know, and all to be as objective as possible, I think you are correct in that, you know, in the last several years, um, you know, we've managed to make um, a lot of right choices and maybe we've gotten lucky in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, we've, we've definitely leveled up in a way that our, our competition has not. And, and I think you're right. I think, you know, we really don't have any real competitors at this point. You know, we're, um, I think we're we're easily the, the largest pool fence company um, in the world. And um, I think a lot of that has to do with some choices we made, you know, about, a, you know, I think going back all the way to 2008, where, you know, when the when the recession hit, the, the rest of the pool fence industry co- kind of collectively decided that, you know, we, we needed to make these things as affordable as possible that people didn't care about the quality, that it's temporary, that all pool fences look alike, that from your from your kitchen window, you can't tell one from another. So you might as well make it as, as cheap as you can. And and I decided that we were going to go the other direction, that we were going to make it more expensive, more you know, higher quality. And I had this funny feeling that people actually really did care about quality. Good. Uh, Those people, uh, those people looking for shortcuts and temporary fencing and cheap pricing. It's okay. They're just not your customer and that's fine. That works out and they wouldn't be mine in a safety category either. Exactly. It just doesn't go hand in hand to me. I mean, it doesn't in any category, but especially in this one. No, I was afraid that if I participated in this race to the bottom that I might win. And, And that did not sound like a good idea to me. Um, and, and thankfully, you know, that, that choice paid off, you know, people really do care about, um, components and quality and about the company that they buy from, you know, they, they seem to care about the the story of, you know, of what we do and, you know, how we support nonprofits and how we give away fences to to the families of drowning victims. And, um, so, so yeah, people actually do care that they, it's not just a commodity and, you know, there's, There's a great story there and also a huge similarity because one of the things we're always talking about, and it applies to everything in what you just said there, it applies to any type of business. We're always talking about, well, folks are always wanting to know, what should I try to charge for pool service? What should I charge for this? And you know, it it is market dependent when you're, because they're not dealing with the whole country, they're dealing with several counties. 
but you should see what the market could bear. In fact, I would I like to see who's charging the most and then come in 10% higher. And it's hard to it's sometimes hard to get that message across to people. Well, why do I want to be higher? And it's just because that's the company that you want to be. You don't want to be the cheapest price. You want to be the highest price. And you want to be the highest price because you're offering the best product. Period. Exactly. The end. Because the best product should be the highest priced, shouldn't it? Andrea? Yeah. And I think when you're talking about something um, that's as important as a safety fence where literally lives depend on it and some, you know, you want quality ingredients, you want it to be a, to, you want it to work. You want it to save lives. You don't want it to like come apart or you don't want kids to be able to rip it. Or I, a friend of mine, um, she was really concerned that her, uh, I believe at the time she was like a two or three year old or four year old or something like that. And she was afraid that the kid was going to be able to climb up the safety fence. Cause I actually recommended her. I think they did end up going with the lifesaver. Cause I was like, get, go with this company. And um, she she told me, she's like, oh, no, there's there's no way she could climb up that. I was like, I was trying to tell you, you know, like that's there. They keep that in mind when they design these things. So anyway, yeah, Qu good quality products and stuff. You want to make sure that that's something so important, you know. You know, and I and we we preach that all the time to our our lifesaver dealers and franchisees that you want to you want to be the most expensive by by a lot. You know, mm -hmm. because we're we're proud of what we do and we we charge accordingly. And um, and I think there is kind of this this cycle that happens too, where you know, if you charge more, people recognize the quality. And I think the mistake a lot of people make in our business and maybe in yours too, that you know, if you know you're better and you've got a better thing, and you think, well, I'm gonna charge the same as everybody else, and then people are gonna realize. Well, man, this one's so much better, but I can get it for the same price as this other one. It's a no-brainer. I don't even have to, you know, everybody's going to go with me. But the problem is, is that when you make yourself the same price, you know, even though you might be a better, you know, service company or a better pull fence product, you know, the people's perception reflects the price you charge. You know, if if someone was trying to sell you a Rolex for $300, you would wonder what's wrong with it, Right. Um, so even though something might be objectively better, um, you know, the price is part of your marketing, right? The price is part of the experience and people expect to pay more for a better thing. And if you don't give them the opportunity to pay more for your better thing, then they don't appreciate it quite as much, or maybe they don't, uh, believe that it is actually better. Um, so I think, I think charging more is part of that, but I think people are scared a lot of times to charge more because then you have to, they are. You fulfill that promise that your price is making for you. So if you're a pool service tech and you're charging 20% more than everybody else, then you got to live up to that price. Right. And that's hard. You know, you can't. Absolutely. You, you got to, you know, pro provide reasons why you're charging a premium price. You got to be a premium person. And a lot yeah. of people, you know, don't have the confidence to, to do, to be that, I think. And uh, so I think being more expensive makes a lot of people nervous because they don't think, that they're 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 worthy of the ask in a lot of cases. People are happy to pay what a product is worth. Yep. I believe that. And if the value's there, 
nobody's going to have a problem paying the higher price. And for the folks that the people who shop price will always shop price. And those folks will always be there. And those folks are not your customer. Or they shouldn't be. If that's if that's your target market and that's where you like to be, that's fantastic. You do that. But for folks that are looking for growth, that's not a cool place to hang out. You're not going to get the results you want. You're not going to you're going to have a lot of trouble growing. You're going to have a lot of trouble with reputation management. There's just going to be a, those same people that shop price complain a lot. Those same people that shop price go on the whatever word of mouth group and tell everybody how much you suck. I mean, those are the same people because they argue everywhere they go. Yeah. So I, I, mean, I, I don't think, want them. Yeah, I think there's there's two kinds of people. There are people who like to pay less. You know, that's that, that's their identity is they're people who are bargain hunters, they're coupon clippers, and they like to get the deal, right? There's there's those people. And there's people who prefer to pay more. You know, they, they identify as someone who wants higher quality stuff. They don't want to be bothered with the, the bargain hunting. And um, I happen to follow fall in that group, right? I, I, I'm the guy who'd rather pay more, right? Um, and and if you get to choose, you know, you do, you get to choose which kind of customer you get to cater to. And since there's, you know, pros and cons with each one, and there's challenges with each group, right? Each group has its own, you know, uh, idiosyncrasies that you have to, to deal with. I'd much rather deal with the challenges of the people who like to pay more. Um, you know, they, they've got their own, you know, set of things that make them, you know, easier or harder to deal with, but, uh, but at least you're charging more. And, and I, I find they tend to be a little easier to work with too. So, so yeah, if you got to pick, I'd rather pick people who like to pay more. Another thing you did. I you, agree with that. You, you hadn't mentioned it, but another thing that you did that a lot of folks didn't, and I saw it, I definitely saw it. I'm sure Andrea did as well. And it makes sense as soon as I mention it, but in the, during the pandemic, when most folks with their products, their advertising tended to stay status quo, you came out with some really innovative things that you pushed out into the market and invested more in advertising during a hard time. And that paid off for you a lot as well. Did it not? Yeah. You know, we, um, for whatever reason, seem to be the only major pulpits brand who thinks the internet is like a real thing that deserves to be taken seriously, right? Um, and it's not going anywhere. And, you know, uh, when I tell people, you know, some of my contemporaries, you know, what we spend, you know, advertising online, and they, they you would think I'm talking about, you know, putting money into Cracker Jack boxes. They're like, oh, you spent that much on Google? Like, it's just Google. Like, why would you, you know, are, are you just putting that on Facebook? Like, it's Facebook. Why? Why would you spend that much? You know, they don't. They just don't see it. But, but yeah, we we doubled down hard on on marketing, uh, almost exclusively online. You know, we don't really do any billboards or direct mail or, or postcard. You know, we, we we used to do all that stuff, but you know, the internet's where it's at. The internet's where the audience is, right? If you're mm -hmm. if you're a parent of a three year old, uh, you're on TikTok, right? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, you're definitely on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. One hundred percent. Me too. Um, you know, I don't even have any kids that I know of. So <laughs> I think that's, you know, that, one that of he knows of that I know yeah. of. That every, <laughs> every Father's Day, I check the mail, seeing if there's something here, I get a card and, and <laughs> no card. 
Yeah, now that Maury's off the air, we have to go with the Father's Day card. It's all that's right. left. So right, that's all that's left. Yeah, I check every Father's Day to see if this is going to be the year they find me. But <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. So you know, we we did we pushed hard on on marketing online, and 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 yeah, it's paid it off. Um, but funny enough, if you advertise, people find you. And and we tried to do it in an intelligent way. You know, we we do a lot of social media. We do a lot on Google. Um, we try not to, we, we try to have a, a good mix of, you know, educational content that provides real value and, you know, stuff to trying to let people know about pool fences. And I think it's been a, a big, a big game changer for us. Yeah. There's a great message there also in that, because you'll see, even in, in, we keep going back to pool service, pool builders, what have you, that's, you know, oh, yeah. that's our market, but not just listening to what you've done, but taking it as you know, a map to what we should do, what we should all be doing. No one should ever stop advertising, no matter what your business is. And I know a lot of folks say, okay, I'm all word of mouth and I'm full and I've got a list and all that stuff. But the second a recession hits, that isn't enough anymore. And you'll have want to have built up that name recognition among people who don't know your current customers as well as those that do. You want everybody to know your name. You want everybody in those areas to know that you are the guru. You're the expert in that area. You are the person that I have to have because when people start backing off and they don't want to spend the money, the people that still do are going to be looking for the expert. So if anything, even during those hard times, like what what Eric did during the pandemic years, invest more during those times. You'll see your competition is going to back off. One of the first expenses your competition is going to cut is advertising. And that's a mistake. So take advantage of that. Spend more. It will pay off. Cut back somewhere else. I'm not saying, you know, go over budget, go into debt on credit cards, cut back somewhere else. There's something else you can cut out, but not that. So kudos to you. That's fantastic. And you are, you're the front runner by a lot. And now we're we were talking a few moments ago, and I don't know how many people know this. You're busting into franchising. Yeah, absolutely. Um, nice. So we uh, we announced that in the beginning of the year, and uh, and you know, and we're we're actually speaking of advertising, we are just about to start um, really marketing our our franchise opportunity, and you know our dealers are great. And, you know, they've done a great job with the tools that they they have. But, you know, we've figured out over the last 35 years what a, you know, as close to perfect whole fence installation company you can build looks like. You know, we, we know how much you should be spending on advertising. You know, we know what software you should be using for your, your CRM. You know, we know what your bookkeeping should look like. You know, what your vehicle wrap should be. Um, or at least a rough idea. Close enough, right? Um, certainly closer than you know, a lot of people are going to figure it out just on their own without, you know, without any guidance, re reinventing the wheel. Right. So, so yeah, we've bundled up this 35 years of our own experience and the experiences of hundreds of um, dealers who have came and went or still continue to exist. And, and we've created our franchise program and, um, and yeah, we, we have, you know, uh, a few already, even though we haven't started promoting it yet, you know, we've had a, um, Two two brand new ones who uh, who found us and who were connected to us already, and I mean they 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 literally their business is both opened officially 
on the May 15th, which is four days when we're recording this right now. Um, so Monday, wow. this is Friday on Monday. Congratulations. And they, yeah, both, congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. And they're both already booking jobs. Um, you know, what? And, and they're not in like areas where you'd think one's in Arkansas, one's in Little Rock, the other one's in Tennessee. And the guy in Tennessee is doing his second job today. Um, and oh, congratulations, guy in Tennessee, if you're listening. Yeah, he did his uh, first one last week. Uh, you know, for a total revenue of about six thousand dollars, and you know, two jobs in two weeks. I mean, he's you know, the happy camper. And you and I, and we, you and I talked a little bit offline about the pricing. I don't know if you want to share that or not. It's perfectly okay with me. But I can tell everybody listening this: the franchise cost is about the same or less than you would pay for a good consultant for a year. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, the franchise startup fee is 35 grand and it's our website. So I don't think I'm sharing anything that's not, not public knowledge, but, uh, and, and obviously this isn't an offer to, to buy a franchise. You have to buy a franchise. You have to talk to it. Da, da, da. Um, all the, the legal disclaimers, uh, we are not selling franchises here right now. No. Uh, but, um, but yeah, if you know the total investment to, um, get a lifesaver improvements franchise, is between 70 and 100 grand and that includes your vehicle that includes your first three months of marketing that includes um you know your core drill your inventory everything soup to nuts right um and and that's a lot of money it is you know but we also estimate that you know you can do you know three jobs a week and make you know 250 grand a year uh that's that's what the average dealer does right now um so yeah we think it's uh we 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 always say that it might be the the best kept secret in the home service industry and in, in small business. And there's a a guy that works here who in a video we put out he we we, we bring it up all the time we quote him all the time because he says it's a hidden treasure, and he's got this thick Latin accent and we think it's funny. But uh, <laughs> you know, but he's also he's not wrong. I mean, you know, the, the margins in this are are great, and um, and and you know it's good because we've got these dealers who. You know, didn't have all the training and support and everything we're doing now for the franchisees, and they've still managed to make really excellent livings for themselves. Um, you know, they've they've bought Teslas and they put their kids through college. They've got nice houses and they only work five months a year and they hang out in Florida for the rest of the year. Um, and and you know, they they've been able to do that doing this kind of part time, you know, without without the support the franchisees get. So. Um, what franchisees are going to be able to do compared to dealers is going to be really remarkable. And, uh, and we are very excited to see it happen. And, and, and they get to do it in a business where you feel good at night, you know, when you go to bed, because you know, you did something really worthwhile for society. Rudy and Andrea will be right back with more flock at Fridays after these messages. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters available in two sizes deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable, and these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with a pro's time and comfort in mind, the patented double locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleanings faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. 
Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at blu-rayxl.com. Blu-ray all day. Pool Magazine is the hottest new publication for the pool and spa industry. Featuring up-to-the-minute news on what's happening in the pool world in a fresh new stylized format with our mobile-friendly app. Pool Magazine is the app for keeping your fingers on the pulse of the pool industry. You'll find featured news, editorials, podcasts, videos, and more on the Pool Magazine app. Download on Google Play and the App Store. I'm excited about it. It's awesome. Yeah. I am. And, you know, we also spoke and I, you know, I've, I've done a few different things in my career in the pool industry. And, and one of them, I was heavily involved in safety fencing sales. So mm -hmm. I designed a line of safety fencing and this loops around actually, because I designed a line of safety fencing, the whole R and D process for a company and then sold that f fencing while I was there as well, <laughs> but took over, um, for them and uh is producing fences uh the, based off of referrals and stuff but it, it's cool because there is no better feeling than when you sell i mean safety products are not warm fuzzies they're really not i mean there are the things that you need at a pool and people understand they need a filter they need a pump they know that but then they look at these things as warm fuzzies but when they baby proof or child proof things inside their house, they're not looking at it the same way. You know, I gotta put that little plastic thing in the outlet. I gotta make sure the door is all locked. I gotta make sure they can't open the toilet and the refrigerator doesn't come open. This is the same thing, except we're dealing with what could potentially be the greatest danger for the child, the pool. And we want to keep the child from getting to the pool. And the best way to keep a child from getting to the pool is to put a fence around it. It's a no-brainer. That's child-proofing your pool, same as you do inside the house. It protects your child. It protects the neighbor children yep. because that's another thing. Andrea brought up a couple of weeks ago, we were talking, and she said that, sadly, in her neighborhood, a child that was on the spectrum drowned in a, was it a, a drainage ditch? What was it? Um, it's like a retention pond, I guess. A retention they're like, pond. They're no like all over the place in the, just randomly in the neighborhood. And children you know, with there's autism. There's alligators in them. Ch children was with autism, autism tend to wander. That's just a fact. So that could have easily been a swimming pool. And this is one of those other things that people that own pools need to take into consideration. It's not your just just your kids you need to worry about. It's all the neighborhood kids. It's everybody in the neighborhood. And then, yeah, there are some kids that are special risk or an increased risk. I guess that's a better terminology for it. And the cost of installing the fence, if you think about it, if someone was to accidentally fall in your pool and drown, the expense that your homeowner's insurance probably won't cover because your pool wasn't fenced. That's one thing. But 
a wrongful death lawsuit would far exceed anything a homeowner's insurance policy would cover if it was to cover it. And I don't think it will if there's not a fence around it. Yeah, it might not. And, you know, the, the stats on children with autism is they, they don't sound real. They when don't. you say the statistics about children with autism out loud, they sound made up because the statistic is, and it's real, that a child who elopes, a child with autism who elopes, which is the, the word they use for gets out of the house and, you know, starts wandering around. Um, if they, you know, has a, a 90% chance of um, dying of a drowning. So if they, if they die of something, 90% of the time, it's, it's drowning. So that's um, nine out of 10 kids, so nine out of 10 children who wander out of the house. Yeah. Drown. They expect that, yeah, statistically drown. That's it's horrible. It's yeah. crazy. It doesn't sound real. No. Uh, no, no. No. But, um, and so, yeah, so when you put a pool fence up, you know, you've, you've made your whole neighborhood safe, not just, not just your own kids, like you say, but, you know, every pool owner, I think, has a responsibility to, you know, protect this, you know, um, this death trap. You know, Carrie Morrison um, has described pools and backyards as as lions in the backyard waiting to take our children away. And if we imagine them like a lion and not a swimming pool, maybe we'd take it seriously. And, you know, it, it makes sense to put a, put a cage around your lion, right? If you've got this this death trap in your backyard, you know, waiting to steal our kids, you know, you should protect it properly. Just like if you had a firearm, um, you know, even though pools kill more children than firearms, right? You have your uh, Freakonomics came out with a study in their book where they said that your your child is, you know, 100 times more likely to be killed by a swimming pool than a firearm. And, you know, we all know oh God. that if you own a gun, you you keep it locked up, you know, you, you make sure it's secure, you make sure that the kids don't have access to it. Um, you do all the the proper things, you know, that you should do as a, a firearm owner. My dad had always had guns when we were growing up, and you know, and they were always kept in the safe, or you know, or you didn't know where they were. You know, he he did a good job of making sure that they were safe. And I think if you've got a pool, you know, especially considering knowing that the pools kill more kids than guns, that it's your responsibility to keep that thing safe and and make it and not safe but safer um, for the children in your neighborhood. And when you go through statistics, sometimes it sounds a lot like scare tactic and it's, it may, it's, it's really, it's not, it's just stating the facts. And if the facts happen to be scary, it's because it's true. That's really where it's at. And just like anything, just like Eric said, when you put the fence around it, it is safer. In fact, I think the CDC says it's 88% safer. Is that the number? Children, is, yeah, children are 88% less likely to drown in a pool that has a fence around it. Right. That's huge when you consider the numbers that we're talking about. So we put the fence around it so we're not worried about our pool, just like we put the gun in the, in the gun safe so we're not worried about the gun or whatever you do in your home, the little plastic things in the outlet so they don't stick keys in them or whatever it is you know the kids do. The same with the latch on the toilet. Mm -hmm. We, you know, why we put the latch on the toilet anyway? By the way, do you know? For convenience, so you don't want your keys in there. 
<laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, there's that, yeah. Because the no amount of things toddlers do, throw in the, the closer Holy you get crap. to the toilet, the more you have to go. And we thought it would be fun just to make it a little bit harder to open. Now we do you that can drown because in the toilet, they right? can drown in the toilet. Exactly. If they get that lid open, they can flop in and drown. <clears throat> and it does happen. So if you're willing to latch the toilet, why wouldn't you put a fence around the bigger body of water? Right. You know, if you if you would if you wouldn't own a car without seatbelts, why would you have a pool without a pool fence? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we, we like come it. back. Yeah, you're back. Um, but yeah, you guys for a second. So I'll, I'll repeat it again to sound dramatic. Uh, yeah. If you wouldn't own a car without <laughs> seatbelts, you know, why wouldn't you have a pool? Why would you have a pool without a pool fence? And, and it, or if you have, you know, if you wouldn't have a toilet without a toilet lock with toddlers at home, why wouldn't you have a pool fence? And yeah. and, you know, the. And the logic is really similar too, actually. So you put the lock on the toilet, one for safety, right? Because you don't want your child to drown in the toilet. Um, mm -hmm. Also for for the convenience factor, right? You don't want the kid playing in the toilet bowl, right? It's it's not a good time for you. It's great for them, for you, not so much. <laughs> um, you don't want your keys in the toilet bowl, right? Um, you don't want tonight's dinner to end up in the toilet bowl prematurely. Or the um, dog. Or the dog, right? Exactly. Whatever. So, I even got like the car. You put a car seat in your car for your children. There's right. there's things you do when you have kids. All right. Let's say you don't have kids. There's still kids in your neighborhood. There's still kids that may visit your home. And we do need to take them into consideration also. I mean, one of the things we have in Florida is a lot of homes have screen enclosures, which are, they meet the code requirements for, an, for a barrier. But not coming out the door in the house because you're right into that enclosed area. So what do you do? Well, you should put a removable safety fence in between the home and the pool. So that way mm -hmm. somebody gets through the sliding glass door, they still don't end up in the pool area. So that, that three-sided barrier when the house is part of it is, is still a danger to the children that live in the home. Did you so, see that video? I'm sorry to interrupt real quick, but did you see Rudy? Did you see the or Eric? Either one of you. Have you guys seen the video? <laughs> oh, okay. Have you seen the video where the there's a baby? So it's a home security camera and you can see the pool and there there's an adult in the pool and then there's like a baby in the pool as well. I think one of them was in I think the adult was in the spa. There was like a spillover and the baby like got in the pool and you see the dad run from off camera and jumps over the safety fence, clears it, like dives into the pool and saves the baby out of the pool. It was insane. Sorry. That's our fence. That's our fence. It, it, awesome. Yeah. He That's cleared that shit in one jump. I swear to God, it was insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. We <laughs> and the it. fence was open, but he just jumped right the fuck over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He like Superman's over the fence. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and he had a shorter fence. You know, typically pool fences are 48 inches high. So he had a 40 okay. Um, but yeah, amazing, you know, and, and that's because they, I got uh, chills. <laughs> they didn't have a self-closing self-watching gate and they had the fence left open because it was pool time. And, uh, and that, mm -hmm. that's, what, um, but, but finish, the fact there was an adult in the pool, I didn't mean to interrupt but, you, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, but to finish making that toilet point real quick. Um, so yeah, the toilet, the toilet lock is to keep kids from, from dying in, in the toilet, but also to make your life easier, right. To, so you're not always trying to fish stuff out of the toilet bowl. The pool fence is the same thing. So, you know, the main purpose is to keep your kid from drowning. But the other kind of side effect of having it up is you're not playing goalie all the time when you're in your backyard. 
right? You're not running up every 12 minutes to grab, you know, little Andrea from running into the pool. Um, because, you know, I'm sure it's three years old and she was doing that, right? Um, Actually, I, did. There's a, I have a story. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so not only is your pool safer, but you can hang out in the backyard. You can be sitting in your patio with your iced tea and the kids can be playing, running around the pool. And, and you get to enjoy it without having to, you know, be getting up every 10 seconds to, to save your kid from trying to, to, you know, unalive themselves in the pool. You know? <laughs> so in, in doing this, in, in selling safety, you get to go home and sleep well because you did something good for somebody. That home that you just left, they're much, 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 much less likely to have a drowning now because you installed that fencing around the pool and how great of a feeling is that i mean i used to have it all the time i loved it i mean you get hooked too because it's like you know i'm really doing something good here i mean yeah you're making money but you need to make money that's how you can keep doing something good it's a necessity just as much as the vgb compliance stuff is just as much as anything else is uh you know the codes and the laws may be different but you know different you know better. Nobody is in people's backyards as much as the pool tech. Bottom line, nobody knows more about how things occur in a backyard than the pool tech does when it comes to that pool. And I don't care who they are in this business. That's just a fact. Andrea, would you agree? I definitely agree. I was not spacing out. I was actually just thinking of a question because I've been in multiple situations Actually, I'm in one currently where I've just treated a pool and uh, it was a green swamp when I got there and there was no drain. Once I got the pool clear, there's no drain cover at the bottom. And so I always feel like, you know, I, I feel like I need to say something to the homeowner, but then I also feel like, and maybe this is just my anxiety. So my question is, is like, what would be something that you would say to someone like me who is like, going to talk to this homeowner and basically like I'm afraid that they're going to think that I'm trying to scare them and like bring all this like doom and gloom when I'm like listen you have a drain cover I know that you have kids that are about to go in this pool um drain covers missing <clears throat> or you know selling them a fence I'm just using my situation as an example like I don't want to be the the person that's like like I said bringing all the doom and like sad info to everybody and they don't take you seriously i feel like a lot of times they just kind of brush you off as like oh yeah that'll never happen or you're just kind of trying to scare me into something and how do you get how do you get over that how do you get around that i'm not good at sales (laughs) i would say what what's going to feel worse the 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 possible feeling of rejection or feeling like a salesperson that you're you're getting from that interaction right or Mm -hmm feeling you might have if you don't say something and then their kid drowns that's yeah well i mean i said i did say something i but i it's more of like getting over that anxiety of just feeling yeah. like you're i'm not being taken seriously i guess i mean you're being as helpful as you can and it's up to them to do with that what they will right it's the same mm-hmm. reason i give money to homeless people you know i'm doing my part what they do with it after that is up to them you know yeah um, you know so i think uh you know, you try and come from a, I think intent matters. And I think people can tell the difference between um, people who have commission breath and are just trying to make the sale and people who are legitimately trying to be uh, uh, be helpful and be a resource. 
And yeah. I think if you're approaching it with the right intention, people will pick up on it. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about them uh, and brushing you off if, uh, you know, you're coming at it from the right place, which, which you are, you know. All right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> there are options as well to fit in with people's aesthetic preference. Is that correct? Sure. So we have colors, we have things like that available. You do have salespeople that work or for the company directly already in how many states did you say? 30? Uh, we have, yeah, we have locations in 30 states. Yeah. 30 states. So these are easily accessible. And do these folks typically cover that entire state? You know, yeah, I think we are we have full coverage and okay. Yeah. That is fantastic. I think it's great. Tell me about the gate, because that's one thing that you don't, you know, you do see them, but you don't see a lot of them. A lot of people like to just unhook, take the pole out of the ground and shift it to the side instead of going with the gate. I know there's a little bit I more like the cost gate. to the gate. I like the gate too, because it is self-closing. It is self-latching. We'll let Eric take us through it a little bit. Yeah. In fact, if you want real quick, I'll, uh, I'll show you, but, uh, but yeah, so there's two options for the gate, right? You can have a, um, what I think you're used to seeing it, especially in Florida, which is what we call a manual opening. So it's not really a gate. It's, you know, where two open sections latch together. There right. is a, a two and a half inch wide, um, in our case, um, snap safety latch, um, that connects all the sections together. And the two options are you have the manual opening where you can squeeze the two poles together, unhook that latch, slide the pole up out of the ground, fold the section back, and then put the, the pole you just took out of the out of the hole into an extra hole that we call a layback hole. Um, and that can be a gate section, your manual opening section, right? Right. That's correct. So the other option um, is the self-closing, self-latching gate. And I, if you want to let me share real quick, I will show you. Will I lose the recording if I switch? Oh, in that case, I'll just send you the link. Okay, we'll do that, uh, and I'll just stick it in. Yep. That works. And if you can actually send me um, footage, I can stick it in. Oh, cool. Versus the link. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so the self-latching gate is like a door, and um, you pull up on a knob, it's key lockable, and you, know, you open up like a door, and it's, as the name implies, it's self-closing and self-latching. So when you let go of it, it closes behind you. Um, so that was a logo. Um, that's not what I meant to send you. And while he's looking for that, I blew someone's mind one time because they didn't know that that extra hole was for the was for the panel that you open. They were like, "Whoa! Oh my god!" Really? What did they think it was for? It was a homeowner. I, they just thought it was an extra one, and I was like, "Nope, you just." you know, stick it right in here. And they're like, wow, oh my God. Just thought somebody made a mistake. Yeah. So, so yeah, Rudy, if you want to share a screen, okay. you can do that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and just, you don't even have to play the audio, just keep it muted. But, uh, you know, it, it literally operates like a, like a door, you know. Yeah, let me see if I can go there. Yeah. Andrea, I want to hear the story about you running into the pool. Oh, so I was a little kid. <laughs> I don't even remember how old I was. I was, Maybe, oh God, maybe five. And um, my grandparents, this was in Illinois, and my grandparents had this big house and this big, big pool. And I had gone to see my dad for the weekend. I'd gone to stay with him. And we went over there. 
And I was so super excited. My dad and my uncle were somewhere in the house. I don't really remember. And I decided I was going to just change into my bathing suit. I like hid in the corner in the kitchen and I changed into my bathing suit really quick. And then I just ran out to the pool and I just jumped right in because I had swam before. So like in my, you know, little tiny child brain, I was like, oh, this will be no problem. And I actually ended up jumping into the deep end and I struggled. And fortunately, they saw me and um, my uncle had to j- uh, jump in and fish me out. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this is the gate. And he's he's talking about that it's, uh, you know, it's a key lockable self-closing self-latching gate that it's made out of inch and a quarter square stock aluminum. Yeah, you pull the knob up, you, you, you open it and you let go and it closes. It's, it's real simple. Um, and because of how it works, you know, you, you don't even have to open it all the way. The hinges will still keep it closed. Um, it is key lockable, so you can put a key in it and close it, and it'll keep it locked. Um, a lot of people don't even use the lock because it's you know, the latch is so up so high that you know most of the time kids can't access it. Um, there's a little hinge slip cover at the bottom, so it makes it harder to climb. So the hinges don't become a, a foothold for a child to climb over it. And and yeah, you know more and more the self closing self latching gates are being used as kind of a um, not, not a mandatory, but a um, a more common part of the pool fence. You know, I know a lot of our lifesavers um, almost won't even sell a pool fence without a gate. You know, they think it, it should be, you know, a fence should have a gate, and they, they include it with it almost every time. I so, was gonna, uh, I was gonna ask if that was a magna latch on there, but I saw on the label. Are, are the hinges theirs also? Yeah, they're mag- yeah, they're um, magna latches and the true close hinges by by D and D Technologies. Okay, which is I just what had you one of those see. today on a pool that I service, so well, they, they're also, really great. I like the gates a lot. What you'll see on most, <laughs> I <commercial>, do. <laughs> it's what you'll see on most commercial pools, and yeah. even noting the height that that latch was installed. Did you notice that it went up beyond the top of the fence? Right, fence requirements forty eight inches the latch height should be 54 inches. So yeah, so it meets the same requirements that we use on all of our public pools throughout the entire country. And and that's actually how you can tell the difference between a a strong self-closing, self-latching pool fence gate and a weak one is the weaker gates need the magna latch as part of the gate construction. So you'll see the knob is about the same height or maybe just a little bit above the top of the fence. Where a strong gate doesn't need the latch, it can op- it can exist without it. So, because we have a stronger gate, we can put the latch way up high, you know, six inches above the top of the fence, um, and it still still works fine. So, if you're shopping for a pool fence um, and you realize that the the gate latch doesn't go up higher than the fence, um, that's that's kind of a red flag that the the fence you're looking at isn't isn't as high of a quality. And that's the consumer. Product Safety Commission's recommendation, which yeah. was originally created for residential pools, but was adopted by, I believe, every health department in the country that has a pool code for public pools. And one of the things we're always talking about, even in service, why would you lower the bar in service for your residential customers? It doesn't make you wouldn't, correct? Well, we don't want to do that here either. Yeah, my brother is still still uh, helps run the business with me. My my parents started it in the late '80s, and uh, you know my my dad finally retired in 2003, and I took it over at 21 years old. But we're still still a family company, you know. Still still me and my brother, and uh, you know a lot of the folks in the office here are people I've known since childhood. Um, it's it's a very cool thing that we're that's we, awesome. We get to still be a 
you know, we feel like a small family company, even though we're we're obviously quite a bit bigger than we were than when my parents started it in the garage back in back in eighty seven. So wow. if, if a pool pro, a service company or a builder, or even a pool retailer, our listeners, if one of our listeners wants to get a hold of you so that they can start to carry this line or maybe even start a franchise, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you, Eric? I mean, I would go to poolfence.com and there's a, a contact us form there. But, um, you know, I think if you're a pool guy, I think there's a, a or a pool lady, or if you're a pool person, I think there's a <laughs> A few different ways to to go about adding a pool fence to what you do, and and I think I think it's a good idea for them. You know, my brother cleaned pools for a while. Uh, he had a pool service business, and you know, he said, well, he, he he loved cleaning pools. You know, when he compared it to installing pool fences, you know, you clean a pool, and he knew that in a day or two, it's going to have leaves in it again. It was mm-hmm. going to be out of alignment again, and all the work he did, you know, kind of you know would be gone by the time he came back in a week. And that's great because you have job security and you get to come do it all over again. But when you put a pool fence up, you're done and you collect your money and you've done a good thing. You get to look at it. You get to take a picture of it and then you walk away and hopefully you never come back again. Um, <laughs> and, and he thought that was a beautiful thing. So he you know, he, he got a lot of satisfaction out of installing pool fences that he he did not get from cleaning pools. Um, but I think there's two ways to go about it. You can either um, if you want to get right into it right away and you know, kind of, you know, do a real part-time and just add it as a, a side thing. Um, if you go to poolfencediy.com, you know, that's our do-it-yourself fence that we sell for homeowners to put in on their own. And if you reach out to us, we have a, a discount for, for pool service companies, for pool builders. So, you know, we'll give you a, like a wholesale coupon and you can buy fence there um, and it's meant for homeowners to put in. So that means you can too. And that's a great way to get pool fence um, you know, that you can carry and install or recommend to people uh, without having to to do a lot of, um, you know, extra stuff. Now that if, if you go that route, you're just buying fence and putting it in and we're not we're not doing nothing for you. Um, you know, you're just you're just buying your fence from us, uh, which is which is fine. Right. We're, we're happy to do that. Um, the other way to go about it is to be a, a franchise. And that's obviously much more involved, but you, know, you get a lot more out of it. There's, you know, it's a more expensive. Now you're starting a whole business. And, you know, we've we've had, you know, several uh, pool service companies over the years, you know, start up Lifesaver pool fence businesses and and have them take off and do really well. Um, some, in fact, I know of a couple in California who, you know, started off as pool service companies adding on pool fence and then eventually stopped doing their service completely. They, they, they decided the pool fence was a better, more profitable business and they, they stopped cleaning pools. Um, so either way, poolfence.com is a great way to get hold of us. If you're curious about, uh, the franchise side of it, you can go to lifesaverfranchising.com. That's the website for our, our franchise opportunity and, and find me on Facebook. Um, my name is Eric Lupton. You, you message me on Facebook. Uh, I will be more than happy to, uh, to talk to you like I did Andrea. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And go, actually, if you follow Eric, go check out the, the blog that he posts. What is it? You post, post it weekly. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I love it. I, I, I read it when I, you know, when I see it and stuff, it's pretty inspiring and hilarious at the same time. You do a good job. So yeah, the, the blog is a crippled CEO. Yeah. So there's a crippled it's CEO great. Page. If you can get Andrea to read, you're doing way better than I am. Hey, hey. A, she, has a, a, she has a, she has a, she has a few books of mine that she's yet to open the cover on. 
for five, six years now, right? Both of them. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Put it on my phone and then I will absolutely read it. <laughs> well, if you don't like reading, there's also a crippled CEO YouTube channel. You can, oh. you can listen to me talk to you. Um, I'll check that out for sure. Yeah. Um, you're, and you're on TikTok. I'll go follow you on TikTok if you too. Could I probably already am. Make her a coloring book. That might be best of all. Ooh, put swear I, I, words in it. There you, <laughs> there you go, everybody. Eric Lupton, thank you so much, Lifesaver Pool fans. Andrea, take us out of here. Well, um, you know my usual thing. Oh, thanks, Eric, for being on the show. Also, it's great to talk to you. Um, but uh, yeah. So follow our other shows. Follow us. Um, like us. I don't know if the review thing. Yeah, well, I mean, it still counts. So yeah, go do that. And I don't know. Have a have a great day. What's your problem? Everybody, be good. (laughs) Be safe. Bye. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 